The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. No one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. A friend of Medjugorje wrote in 2010, Medjugorje offers a live grace, meaning that nothing from the past has the same potency of grace that Medjugorje is offering man today. And this is the reason why he takes the messages and puts them over issues of the day so that you can clearly see how to direct your life. This is Radio Wave Medjugorje with your host, a friend of Medjugorje. It may surprise many people to know that after 30 years of looking at the messages, that I would say Our Lady is here not for the reasons you might think, but one of the main reasons and the first purpose is destruction. That doesn't sound like the Virgin Mary. That doesn't sound like the Queen of Peace. Then you don't understand what's happening. You don't understand the principles of how you can't build something new from something that's rotten and can no longer be rebuilt. Like what I revealed around 1989, maybe the early part of 1990, through the writing of Rebuilding the Church, which God revealed to me after begging Him to show me this. Yesterday, we was on the interstate, and I saw, right before we got on, a whole line of three or four houses they had destroyed, 
cleaning it up. I'd seen them there for years. They were loading all the debris up and cleaning the place up. It's our lady who said everything is passing. Everything is falling apart. It's cleanup time. She's come here to do something very profound and very much misunderstood and not even recognized once it is understood. It's destruction time. Jesus said it in the way of a different way I'm saying now. I've come for peace, but not man's peace. My peace is a sword. It divides father against son, son against father, mother against daughter, daughter against mother. He gets seven examples of what he means. Because dividing time now is to bring unity to those who be the followers of the Christ, her son. The unity comes about by separating from that which we are helping to prop up as Christians, if we're living the walk, that when we abandon it, it caves in and falls apart. What does that mean, propping it up? It means that through commerce, we're holding up, we're participating in it, in the entertainment, in this whole system. And if we withdraw, it will cave in. It's an exodus. That's exactly what happened to the Pharaoh. His workforce left. His commerce, everything they were with, collapsed when God called the Israelites out. It's the same thing today. It's going to happen. Our lady says, materialism leads you to slavery. The Israelites left material security and they went out into the desert. It wasn't necessarily pleasant, but they were free from slavery. And this unified the Israelites. They became one. One people. Is that a window, a picture of what's coming in the future? And so God sends Mary for the sake of the elect and those who hear the call that will convert to gather them to come know the truth. Our Lady said something very, very profound February 2nd, 2016. Something that most will miss and I've not read or heard anybody else see it. But it's an atomic bomb in the message. And you can read it and go over it and not even understand it or see it. What's the big deal? It's a big deal. Because it's a revelation of her plan and how she's going to rebuild everything. And that what's passing and falling apart, that only will remain, will be what she said, is that which glorifies God. And so if you're not in that position where you are, if you're not even thinking about that and that you continue with your companies and your work and your careers and your schooling and education and your path and your sports and all those things you do, you better do a checklist because all those items that you can check that's not glorifying God, you better get away from it. When a building's falling, the best, safest place to be is to run away from the debris. Because things are coming down. It's wrecking ball time. And ladies come down to do that. It's hard to have that image. It's hard to see that, understand that side of it. But think about and reflect on Jesus, what he said. He came with the sword. And yes, the third secret of Fatima, the sword of the angel sent fire to the earth. And upon contact with the splendor of her lady, she deflected it. But don't think that it's still not going to burn something. And destruction is the order of the day. 
It's those who are in eternal mantle that the fire can't touch. That doesn't mean you won't suffer. That doesn't mean you won't be burned. But your purpose is to be purified, to come closer to God and holy. For those who are not underneath the lady's mantle, rejecting to be purified, and thereby rejecting God, our lady says, do not reject God, that you won't be rejected, and they'll be consumed. So what does it mean to be consumed? You're either going to be consumed by the fire of love for Our Lady or consumed by darkness. The visionaries are consumed by what they see daily. And we've been told biblically that to look at the face of God with Moses, that to see the face of God, you couldn't live. And what the visionaries themselves experience is seeing Our Lady, they have to have a grace just to even accept it and see it. Otherwise, they couldn't continue with life after the apparitions. There's pain when our lady leaves because they come back to the earth in its ways, and it's a purgatory for them compared to what they see. And so we have today our read that explains your walk and what it is that we're called to do. This is an anonymous writing. It is entitled, I am part of the fellowship of the unashamed. The die has been cast. The decision has been made. I have stepped over the line. I won't look back, let up, slow down, back away, or be still. My past is redeemed. My present makes sense, and my future is in God's hands. I am finished and done with low living, sight walking, small planning, the bare minimum, smooth knees, colorless dreams, tamed visions, mundane talking frivolous living, selfish giving, and dwarfed goals. I no longer need preeminence, prosperity, position, promotions, applause, or popularity. I don't have to be right, first, the best, recognized, praised, regarded, or rewarded. I now live by faith. I lean on Christ's presence. I love with patience, live by prayer, and labor with the power of God's grace. My face is set. My gate is fast. My goal is heaven. My road is narrow. My way is rough. My companions are few. My guide is reliable, and my mission is clear. I cannot be bought, compromised, detoured, lured away, turned back, Deluded or delayed, I will not flinch in the face of sacrifice, hesitate in the presence of adversity, negotiate at the table of the enemy, ponder at the pool of popularity, or meander in the maze of mediocrity. I won't give up, shut up, let up, or slow up until I have stayed up, stored up, prayed up, paid up, and spoken up. For the cause of Christ, I am a disciple of Jesus. I must go till he comes, give until I drop, speak out until all know, and work until he stops me. And when he returns for his own, he will have no difficulty recognizing me. My banner is clear. I am a part of the fellowship of the unashamed. 
this writing gets the fire started in your heart. And especially right now in our mission, we've completed the Medj.com fund drive, which we thank everyone for giving to that. We are so close to finishing the retooling. We have set our vision forward in what Our Lady is calling us to do in the future. And so this particular writing for us, it is a writing that so parallels the walk of a friend of Medjugorje. And under his leadership, this mission, this community, in owning these words, you don't just embrace these words or own them yourself, but you can only gain them through cognition of experiences. And that's through suffering. And that's through attack. And that's through people rejecting your vision and people trying to dissuade you from what God's calling you to. And a hundred other scenarios that Friend of Medjugorje has walked through the years. And in just meditating on this this morning, I had been thinking of some of the walk of this mission of his life and through following him, our community, of how we've gained this understanding and how we feel the fire of God pushing us as this writing portrays today. So I'm just going to give some of the instances of this mission of a friend of Medjugorje, and maybe you out there have known some of these experiences yourself in your own personal lives and are right there with us. But there has always been resistance here, always been resistance against a friend of Medjugorje. Right from the beginning when Maria first came here, and she accepted his invitation to come when her brother needed to have a kidney transplant. And when she came here, she was here for three months, And there are many who thought, who is a friend of Medjugorje to have this great responsibility? That there are others here in this area that should have this responsibility given to them. And they worked to try and get Maria out of his own home. And yet Our Lady came to bring a plan here. She made that very clear from the very beginning. In 1991-1992, when a friend of Medjugorje realized with the war coming in Yugoslavia and Croatia... He learned of a story of hundreds of refugees fleeing to the Medjugorje region, but there was nothing to help them. And so he immediately came back to the States and began a fund drive to organize a whole relief center at Caritas to collect medical supplies, medicines, blankets, food, clothing. And who attacked him? But many people within the Medjugorje movement saying, who is he? He's not qualified to do this job and don't send money to Caritas. This is not his mission. We should just be spreading the message of Our Lady. But he continued. We sent over several flights at the beginning. It was very successful. We began to get support from the parish, from the visionaries, from the people living in the village. And soon there are many other organizations within the movement of Medjugorje starting these same relief flights. So much that he began to feel he can back out now. There are others who are fulfilling this mission. And as he backed out of it and began to put himself fully back to the mission of spreading the message, he was then accused of not meeting the needs of the people when the needs were being met. Anytime he would turn this way or that way, there was accusations of not fulfilling what God was showing him to fulfill. When he got out of the mission work of bringing supplies over. He was starting to realize that our own mission was exploding here, that there was a need of expanding the building of what we were doing here, and he began to raise funds for the Tabernacle of Our Lady's Messages. Again, those in the movement 
attacked this plan of his and uh, even calling it the Tower of Babel, accusing us of taking funds away from the refugees of the war, all of these things. And he was really trying to discern himself what God's will was for us here. And in discerning this, he thought, you know, even if we built it and the secrets happened, but we save one soul, it makes it all worth it, just that one soul. Well, this is 23 years of working through this building of the Tabernacle of Our Lady's Messages, and there have been well more than just one soul that has been helped and saved through this mission. I know that the first board of directors at Caritas, a couple of the board members were against Friend of Medjugorje's idea to offer materials free. They didn't think that you could do that and be able to support and expand the mission. And so they were against it. God had put the vision in him to allow the providence of God to build this mission. But we are to get the message out. And the best way to do that is offer it free. And so he began to not just give the message free, but find a way to to get it as cheap as possible. And so he developed our own printing operation here. And when many, many people were going towards outsourcing and letting other people do the work, it was more expensive than if we just learned how to do it in-house ourselves. And so we created our own print shop and learned often from the ground up in order to keep the costs low so that people could order the materials from here in great bulk and become possible of Our Lady wherever they were. And so, again, this was a resistance that he and a pressure to go an opposite way from what God was showing him to do. His writings from the very beginning, Our Lady was leading him to write about subjects that other people did not want to touch, about TV and how it was controlling the family, about wifely submission and how to change her husband, about divorce. And he felt that pressure to not write those things because we weren't in need of funding this mission. We were still building the tabernacle of Our Lady's messages. So how could we continue to have that support coming in if he was writing things that would offend people? But again, Our Lady led him through that in discernment, and he felt he wanted to be true to what Our Lady told him to do. And if that meant the destruction of the mission, so be it. So he began and continued to write and has continued to write all of these years. And many times we will get a letter when a new writing comes out and say, take me off your mailing list. But I've seen over all of these years that it always brings in 10, 20, 30 new people that get a hold of these writings that are just hungry for the truth that say, put me on your mailing list. And so again, the pressure from the evil side to be quiet, to just continue to be lukewarm in the culture and not make a wave out there and not bring the truth of Our Lady's messages out there. That's something that a friend of Medjugorje has often confronted and not allowed to influence him. The start of the community that Our Lady herself asked to be born here from the very beginning, even though this was a direct request of Our Lady, a friend of Medjugorje was mocked, was ridiculed. The community was not taken seriously, accused of being a dangerous cult, etc. And yet, Always, we have seen fallen away Catholics return to the faith through the influence of the mission in the community. Always, we see Protestants that are led to Our Lady. Always, we have seen unbelievers return to God. We've seen marriages healed. We've seen families strengthened. It has been the cause of countless conversions. So, he followed the direction of Our Lady through all of the naysayers 
and the community is strong and vibrant and ready to proceed towards the future. We have just recently an attack on the miraculous metal Medjugorje round. Somebody who's promoting it, that it is blasphemous, that it comes from the evil one, that it's dangerous to have in your possession. And yet this round came from the desire of our friend of Medjugorje to get the miraculous medal into every pocket that he can think of who would not normally have access to the medal because Our Lady said in Medjugorje that everyone who carries this medal will be graced, will be blessed, be led to conversion. And so that's just a short list. I could go on and on. But that is where we're at in our mission of being strengthened through going through so many experiences and hearing from so many naysayers that we cannot be who Our Lady has called us to be and do under a friend of Medjugorje's leadership. Well, the read that you read to me is a, a definition of the Apostle of Our Lady to follow what she's saying to do. Don't shut up. Don't stop. Pray up. And all the other things that was added to that. Because that's necessary today to see truth. It's interesting that at February 2nd, 2016, it says, I have called you and I'm calling you anew to come to know my son, to come to know the truth. Why does she say to come to know the truth if we have truth, if we're getting it from the church, if we're being fed truth? Why is she coming from heaven in an unprecedented way to tell us what truth is? Unless we don't have truth, there's something to this. Who is it that's failed to give us truth? St. Jerome said of bishops, some of who are hypocritical, he said, Woe to you, the wretched to whom they passed above the vices of the Pharisees. This is the guy who translated the Bible. He gains more credibility when we understand that he translated this in Bethlehem, living right there close to the vicinity of the birth of Christ. He's saying that back in those days. And so this writing talked about being unashamed. I'm part of a group of people here. We're not ashamed to be speaking for the messages and for a lady. And yet there's so many people are ashamed by these things. Or we got to be quiet. And yet you have all this with the shepherds who allow people like Governor Como, Nancy Pelosi, Joe Biden, and many others, whose range of their beliefs is from abortion to illicit false marriages. And the bishops remain silent. They give little or no admonishment that's said against these public figures. These people are automatically excommunicated, and we hear nothing against these figures. The sin committed today is non-confrontation. And this assails the mentality of the bishops' offices, especially the United States Bishops' Conference, and scandal spreads. Let me add to this. I know I'm a sinner, but I don't deny sin. Instead, I desire to confess my sins. It's important to understand that. What we have today is not a denial of sin, but a rationalization of sin. It's much worse. The sin is not even sin anymore. So we have, worse still even above that, is bishops are complicit with this rationalization. And it's only treated as perhaps a slight fault. The bishops today can take lessons from St. Ambrose. 
From 300 AD in his days, bishops were appointed by the laity and the clergy. It's not like it is today. Ambrose was a governor. He came to Milan to bring peace and stop division, to call him for order and peace. When he was speaking one day, a voice called out, chanting, Ambrose for bishop. He kept saying this chant. Others joined in. Ambrose was not even baptized as a Christian. In short, after this chant, he was baptized, ordained, and made a bishop. Perhaps it's time that we come in now and what the destruction our is talking about is just what we see happening everywhere. The establishment, the way things work, is not working, is not giving truth. The Republican Party is very upset in its own ranks as far as the establishment, and truth has annihilated them. They are to be destroyed. I want to see the establishment of the Republican Party destroyed because they're not promoting truth. They're not putting out what we know we need as a people. I'm not saying something political because truth is not political. And these entrenched organizations or establishments are being uprooted. Everything is passing. Everything is falling apart. Only that which glorifies God will remain. And so we have the people rising up, just like they did calling for Ambrose, census fidelium, the sense of the faithful. And then we got the establishment of the United States Bishops Conference. It's a monster in and of itself, putting out documents that's confusing. For example, faithful citizenship is a document by the United States Bishops Conference. And it's noteworthy that Cardinal Burke called the document inadequate. He did that in Rome. He didn't do that when he was part of the Bishops Conference. Because it's a monster in itself, you can't step out of line. Or you get hammered down. So it must be that the air is clear in Rome. Because here we have the situation of bishops who have sold their voice for the church tax deduction. I was in Cleveland, Ohio, and I gave a talk about Freedom Pulpit Sunday, where you're to endorse a politician, and you say it, and you say, why you don't endorse a politician? The priest heard it. He got onto it. He said it. He got it on there. Then Pulpit Sunday was going to be represented by the Alliance Defense Fund, at that time is what they call it, and they would defend you against the IRS. He did that. This priest saw three women get up and leave the church. They went straight to the bishop. And the bishops did just what I said. They sell their voice for the tax exemption that they get as a 5013C nonprofit. This is what's happened to the church. And when you step out and you go to Rome, Cardinal Burke even says, this inadequate document, faithful citizenship. So we have an established monster that rules. The individual bishop no longer rules. He's ruled over by the machine. That's an establishment, just like the Republican Party. People might say, oh, you better shut up. You can't say that. It's true. That's why our lady's coming here. Because if it was a true place of fostering the church, our lady wouldn't be here. The fact is, we've lost the true way. Truth no longer guides Rather, it's a creature which takes on a life of its own, a monster whose momentum is an obstacle to truth. And in that, it's the U.S. Bishops Conference. Is anybody going to say this? Have you heard anybody say it? No, they won't say it. 
They're afraid of being shut down. I'm not committing heresy. I'm not against the bishops. I'm for the bishops to exercise their authority, not through a machine where they have boards and conferences and these yo-yos that come up there and advise them. They don't do their own personal research. They depend on the curtain of power around them, and they don't get the truth, and they don't give the truth. Our lady said, as I said at the beginning of the program, something very incredible February 2nd. It's mind-boggling. It's a statement said to the Holy Spirit, and she said, through the Holy Spirit, my son is always with you. And here she says this bombshell. The church is born in every heart that comes to know him. That is a statement of destabilizing the establishment. Those who have entrenched themselves in order to influence the church. It's being uprooted. It's being called for don't go the way. Because the way the church is ran now. The way the entrenchment of this monster is, and the committees, and the way it operates, I'm dividing it. I'm separating. I'm bringing Jesus a sword of peace to divide. And where's the church? The church is born in every heart that comes to know him. She's spreading out the church in us, the apostles. Amazing thing. Because we can't do, she can't do, God can't do what he needs to do. When you got a trenchment of something that keeps the bishops even from acting on their own. Burke is a perfect example. He goes to Rome and he speaks. Faithful citizenship is a flawed document. It's inadequate. That's pretty profound. You read into that. And so it is. Our Lady is dividing the church into individuals we are the church. We will take over. The church will not be born at the United States bishops' conferences or the committees, but in the heart, every heart that comes to know her son. You've had the church born in your heart. You who have done that, who have come to know her son, are the apostles and will do great works. Our Lady said December 2nd, 2015, Now the church is suffering, and these apostles who by loving unity, you hear that? Loving unity. Most people think, oh, we've got to go to the bishops' conference to have unity together. No. Don't let the monster rule you as a bishop. You rule your own diocese. You have personal responsibility to do your homework yourself. Jimmy Carter was elected. They said, what are you going to do about this? Well, I'll get an expert to do that. He was questioned about so many things the way he guided. He says, I can put five or six people around my desk who are experts, and they tell me the advice. He let them rue. You're letting the people and the committees rue, bring you the agendas. You're into socialist justice. You're way off base. You're into climate change now. Unbelievable document. It's so flawed. Can I say that about Encyclical? I'm telling you, I'm saying that. The church has been born in me. A lady's broke truth. I wrote 2005, four, that period of time, developed the whole concept of what this thing's about, that they were going to take over the church. It was their surrogate. The feminist movement did the same thing. That's why we had the feminist-driven agenda in the church, and they knew in the environmental and the loving of the earth and turning it into God, they could only do it through the church, the universal church, the Catholic church. They held the Council of Assisi to do that, and they said, this is how we're going to do it, and they've done it. 
and it was done by a committee around Pope Francis who dictated many things in this document. I'm going through it now. It's shameful, and I'm not ashamed to say it. It's not true. Is that heresy? We have a responsibility to call down our pastors when they wander off into these fables like Timothy wrote about. You say, well, they're the teachers of the church. I'm not denying that, but teach truth. Second Timothy says, for the time will come when people will not tolerate sound doctrine and they'll follow their own desires. They will surround themselves with teachers who tickle their ears. They will stop listening to truth and will wander off to fables. This is where we are. This is the scriptures. And it says, remember it says, there will come a time we're in it. That's why I is saying to us, I come so that you may know truth. If we were getting truth from the teachers, that would not happen. So can we say these things? Catherine of Siena was a laywoman when she rebuked the Pope and said, get back to Rome. And I can give you a laundry list of many times this has happened from lay people. Are we to do it with respect? Yes. And this is given with respect. I believe in your power. I've said this repeatedly. You have power that you're not using. You're committing a sin of non-confrontation. We are hungry. We are ready. And we can't do it without you. And you're not doing it. So yes, the bishops, the shepherds have a role to play. A big one. What is it? To feed us the Eucharist. That's the plan today. Because there's such an error in the church today, in its mentality, the way it views things, and doing what they did with Judas. The Judases today, feed the poor, feed the poor. Jesus rebuked Judas. You always have the poor. What we're called today by Our Lady is that Jesus, born in our hearts, to come know him so the church will be there. The church in the future is being broken up into individuals because the world is about to be broken up. We'll be pockets of apostles across the world to rebuild the church. And your row is to feed us the Eucharist. Ours is to grow the church. Guided by the Holy Spirit. The Virgin Mary's messages, the Queen of Peace, who is bypassing the elements in the church, the machine that is literally blocking the Holy Spirit, the machine that makes everybody in that structure deaf to what's taking place today and where we go with this. And so Our Lady says, December 2nd, 2015, now the church is suffering and these apostles who by loving unity... By witnessing and giving, show the ways of God. That's what we are called to do. That's who we are. The church needs apostles, she says, who by living the Eucharist with the heart, do great works. This is the plan today, not recognized or accepted. Our Lady is appearing to visionaries, three still on a daily basis, and nobody wants them. And you're not calling them as bishops to your diocese? Do you realize every single apparition that only the visionary and a couple of people are at is a waste? Not in the sense that she's blessing the world. That's not. 
I'm saying, and a waste of people that could be stopped from going to perdition. Heavy will be your judgment and your responsibility. You should be warning the visionaries in your diocese because when they come, Our Lady comes, and when Our Lady comes, thousands of people come, and people never go there without a portion of those converting from headed to hell. You carry murder for eternity on your soul. I'm telling you this. And I'm sickened by this, that Ivan has been stopped from going across the nation when he was going everywhere. And there's a restriction that doesn't accept the visionaries to be someplace because we're being cautious. Err on the side of maybe this will save one's soul where there's an apparition attended. Woe to you. And that's why she says the church is suffering. It needs apostles. Who are the church's apostles? It's the bishops. Why is she telling us it needs apostles who by loving unity, we love unity. We want to be in unity with you as bishops, but we're not because you're not in unity with us. Because we're in union with Our Lady. And if you're not in union with her now, and I'm not talking about you being in union with Fatima or you saying the rosary. She's coming because the Word has sent her. And that Word was not recognized nor accepted 2,000 years ago. And her word today is not recognized or accepted. Who by love and unity, by witness and giving, show the ways of God. We as apostles are to show the way of God because it's not being shown to the United States Bishops Conference and your committees and all your documents and all your papers. That doesn't thrill anybody except somebody who wants to watch paint dry on a wall. The church needs apostles. That's her words, not mine. I'm not saying something out of anger or aggravation. I'm saying something with passion. Do you hear this, bishops? Do you understand what you're doing? The church needs apostles who by living the Eucharist with the heart do great works. We'll do the great works. We can't consecrate the Eucharist. You can. That's your job. And that's your part. Along with let it be like Gamiel said. Let them flourish if they're from God and let them die if they aren't. God's got a principle that works that way. If it's not of God and it's not glorified, it falls apart and passes. But when you don't recognize it and you're the administrator, the restrictor of it, you will fall apart and your little kingdom will pass. who by living the Eucharist with the heart do great works, it needs you, my apostles of love, my children from the very beginning of the church. You understand what she's saying? She's going back to the early church where the church was residing in the catacombs and out on the foothills and every place of hiding behind rooms or wherever they had to meet in the home churches. The church is being dispersed. Wherever whoever loves my son invites him in, the church is born in him. This is a future church where we're headed right now. My children, from the very beginning, the church was persecuted and betrayed. We're being betrayed in lieu of going to United States bishops' conferences and letting that machine govern you instead of you doing homework and giving us freedom and give us what we're owed to sacraments where we can utilize them for the most benefit of the wisdom herself who's on the earth telling us how to use these tools of the church that we are owed. 
It's not yours to dispense at your pleasure. You owe it to me. You owe it to the other people who's dedicated their life to this. I'm not ashamed to say it. I'm ashamed of the bishops' conferences, which keeps you silent. Shame. Shame. My children, from the very beginning, the church was persecuted and betrayed, but day by day it grew. You will not destroy us, even in your silence. You'll damage people who could have come, who might have come, but you didn't want to. And our lady said that. So that you will not have to repent, she said, for what you could have done, but you didn't want to. And our lady said, but day by day it grew. It is indestructible. You're not going to destroy us. We're not going to go away. And you will not condemn Medjugorje. You don't have the power over Our Lady to come. You do over the Eucharist. You can withhold it from us. You can say you can't have the sacraments at these conferences. You can't go to that. You can do all that you want to. But you'll stand in judgment for it. Not for not believing it. I'm not faulting you if you don't believe it. I'm faulting you for not letting it flow out and had the philosophy and the principles that the scriptures show us through Gamaliel. Leave it alone. Let it flourish. I welcome you into my diocese. Whoever wants to do Medjugorje, use our church or whatever, you do it. Be free. Instead, you got these stupid programs like Just Faith. You don't even do your own research to see what's behind that. Research it. You let that in there, and you won't let our letters children in there, our ladies apostles in there. I'm scared for you, and I'm appealing to you. I respect your authority. It is of Christ. You're his representative. You're his apostle. But a new group of apostles are being risen up at this moment. And it's time that you come to recognize that. And he said, it is indestructible because my son gave it a heart. The Eucharist and the light of his resurrection shone and will continue to shine upon it. Therefore, do not be afraid. Pray for your shepherds, the bishops and other shepherds. Pray for your shepherds that they may have the strength and the love to be the bridges of salvation. We're out working, Medjugorje people all over the place, and we don't have a bridge. Medjugorje is always cut off. Shame, shame, shame. But I tell you, my testament, I am part of the fellowship of the unashamed. The die has been cast. The decision has been made. I've stepped over the line. I won't look back, let up, slow down, back away, or be still. My past is redeemed. My present makes sense. And my future is in God's hands. I am finished and done with low living, sight working, small planning, the bare minimum, smooth knees, 
colorless dreams, tamed visions, mundane talking, fibulous living, selfish giving, and dwarfed goals. I no longer need preeminence, prosperity, position, promotions, applause, or popularity. I don't have to be right, first, the best, recognized, appraised, regarded, or rewarded. I now live by faith. I lean on Christ's presence. I love with patience, live by prayer, and labor with the power of God's grace. My face is set. My gate is fast. My goal is heaven. My road is narrow. My way is rough. My companions are few. My guide is reliable. And my mission is clear. I cannot be bumped, compromised, detoured, lured away, turned back, deluded, or delayed. I will not flinch in the face of sacrifice, hesitate in the presence of adversity, negotiate at the table of the enemy, ponder at the pool of popularity, or meander in the maze of mediocrity. I won't give up, shut up, let up, or slow down until I've stayed up, stored up, prayed up, paid up, and spoken up for the cause of Christ. I am a disciple of Jesus. I must go till he comes, give until I drop, speak out until I'll know, and work until he stops me. And when he returns for his own, he will have no difficulty recognizing me. My banner is clear. It is Our Lady. I'm part of the fellowship of the unashamed, the Apostle of Our Lady. And for you bishops, you're asleep. I pray you don't wake up. Our Lady has ceased appearing. The most glorious moment since Christ's birth and death is happening in your midst. And you don't see it. How difficult it will be. And how people in the future will look back from a century upon you. How could you be so blind? How could you be so busy in other things that you didn't recognize the time of Mary, the woman of revelations, who changed the direction of the world and renewed the church to the new apostles. We wish you our lady. We love you. Goodbye. The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered.
It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. This ends the Metronomic Show with a friend of Metrigoria. To order this show on CD, you can contact Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000. Again, 205 Six seven two two thousand.